Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to another episode of Headstrong. Headstrong is a podcast hosted by me, Louis Strong, and this series is all about creatives. I've decided to coin it Creatives in Conversation. On Headstrong, I talk to a variety of individuals about their lives and their careers. But most importantly, I talk to them about their vulnerabilities and the hurdles that they've had to get over to get to where they are today. On this episode of Headstrong, I sat down with Ben Bidwell. Better known as The Naked Professor, Ben is a mindset coach, podcaster himself, writer and public speaker. We had a really authentic conversation talking about his upbringing in a male-dominated household, as well as his career and path to finding his own inner peace. I think this is a really wholesome and inspiring conversation, so I really hope you enjoy this episode. And if you do, please do let all your friends and family know and leave a review if you can. Well, Ben, thank you very much for joining me on Headstrong today. I know it's an early morning uh, for me, probably more so than you, but thank you very much for joining me. Yeah, your your commute's been a bit longer than mine, I think. I think so. Um, (laughs) That's okay. <laughs> Worth it. It's, I've got a full day today, but it should be okay. Nice. Full, full day, but a good day. Full day, but a good day. And now with a cup of coffee, having a nice conversation. Happy days. I mean, the glories of podcasting means I've already introduced you fully, myself. However, I wanted to put you on the spot straight up, first thing, and see if you can capture yourself, your essence, your being in a sentence for the listener. I tried to condense it. The way I, what I call myself is, a, is a, a writer, public speaker and coach. And um, that varies all the time. Um, at the moment, I'm focusing a bit more on the writing because there isn't any public speaking. And, um, uh, and like the coaching, um, I love. But 
one-to-one work I find I find quite heavy I'm, I'm an empath and I take people's energy on and I love it and I love that space but it does I do find as a coach it stops my creativity in other in other areas so um I want to be creative at the moment I wanted to use the downtime to be creative to exp- to express myself to get my head into stuff so it's been less um one-to-one stuff and also I like to do one-to-one face-to-face if you can yeah so I just kind of felt let's focus on this great what better time is there ever going to be to write um than when you lock down definitely you've got to capture capture the timing as always yeah it's definitely impossible to capture your entire journey in a single podcast obviously you have your own platforms and so forth where you express all that but what I wanted to do was capture as much as I could in this small space of time if we can Uh, and I know it's very cliche but um yeah let's try and just talk about your journey and see see where we get to nice so you grew up in a male dominant household yes and that shaped your early life can you just describe what that was like at the start yeah so um i always say that um my mum always she says it's this day she says all i ever wanted was three little girls and she goes and look what i got and she's got three big boys (laughs) um and i was the kind of final the final the final go if you like i was meant to be sophie and um, my brothers are six and eight years older, so it's kind of they'd had their two boys, and mum was just desperate for this little girl. And um, I think there's this famous reaction somewhere in our family when news sort of spread that I popped out. It was kind of like a sort of plethora of kind of oh dear, that kind of <laughs> hasn't gone to plan. Um, so um, I've got I've managed to get I've got Sophie's legs if I give them a shave, but um, <laughs> and, and I'm guess I'm growing Sophie's hair. But um, yeah, I've, I've, I'm, a, I'm a man and. Um, yeah, so I was the youngest child, six and eight years older than my two brothers. And um, I guess, yeah, for me, it had a massive shaping in my life. And I, I never knew that at all until I started sort of doing some introspective work. You know, I had a really lovely childhood. I was very fortunate in, in the, the surroundings I had, the environment I had, two great parents, two brilliant brothers. But as a youngest, I definitely grew up with this perspective that I was um, kind of less value. You know, less significance when I spoke my voice didn't seem to matter as much as the other people you know my, whatever I was achieving my two older brothers had already achieved it a long time ago and were doing way more interesting things and no one no one did anything wrong or meant it but I just took on this perception myself of kind of I was of less value and you know we're highly impressionable as children and, and I took that that ownership or that understanding that perspective of myself into my into my adulthood you know as a teenager I was very um lost as to who I was again I didn't know that at the time but I was all about trying to validate myself I was desperately trying to just prove myself as as someone of value someone of worth and that meant conforming with what I thought society wanted of me and that probably comes from the definition of what you thought man or 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 masculinity meant at that time which to I suppose a naive young man that we've all been um, for the male listeners, probably comes to athletic, strong, dominant, and those are the kind of the adjectives that you'd use to describe. And that probably is fair to say that was shaping you at that time, perhaps, and was giving you that uh, that sense of value or lack of. Yeah, totally. You know, I, you, like society doesn't do it intentionally, but there definitely. I grew up in the eighties. There definitely was this perspective of what a man should be, and um, or who a man should be, or how a man should be and it wasn't who I was at heart you know my mum is a nurse she's like an incredibly like loving empathetic kind compassionate woman and I definitely had that in me but society everywhere was telling me like you just said you've got to be strong tough you know you've got to be the man 
Uh, that's how you're going to thrive in life. So I, oh, at a young age, I already think I had this conflict of who I really was, but who society was telling me to be unconsciously. And everywhere I looked, I just had these messages. If you want to be a success as a man, this is what you've got to be. So, um, yeah, so I buried who I was and, and chose the path of kind of trying to get validation because I think it, you know, it's this cocktail of, of stuff, isn't it? That because I didn't feel validated, I didn't feel a value myself, I had to go looking for it in other people. That's interesting. I was My next question was, what does the word validation mean to you? Maybe back then it had a different definition as to what it means now. Yeah, just accepted. You know, just accept, like, just people looking at you going, yeah, you know, they're good, you know, in whatever capacity, just, yeah, you know, that accepted. And our, our, the way I phrase it, our ego, that's what it, it craves. You know, it's one of the things that it deems to be part of, of living safely is you're accepted by your peers and you're, you're validated by them. Mm. Um, that's, I mean, I suppose validation and approval come hand in hand as well. Yeah. But self-approval yeah. comes in, is an important, important journey, which we'll come on to as well. But I, so you were seeking that validation from others when did that when was there an epiphany what was the eye-opening period it might not have been a single occasion but at what age and what what started that journey what was that catalyst I mean I was clear I was living blind to all of this uh until the age of 30 you know I kind of I guess like deep down I knew that I probably wasn't very confident but then I just was like yeah, in fact, I did. I definitely knew I wasn't, I wasn't inwardly confident. I always felt like I had to put a bit, bit of an act on, you know, mm. put the mask on, if you like, is now in today's yeah, Persona of yourself, probably. Yeah, you've got to be certain ways, Ben, right, here we go. Like, and like, I, and I say that, and I don't mean that, like, everyone does to some degree. It's not a unique thing. I've just understood my, how it worked for me. But I think we all wear a mask in some capacity. It's rare in society you see someone who's totally free to really, truly, authentically be absolutely themselves. And that might be challenging and a bit jarring for some people to listen to, and they'd probably go, not me, I'm, I'm, I'm myself. But I think we so unconsciously don't realise quite how impacted we are and shaped we are to become something, and we, and we become it so much that we really think it is us. But actually, the truth is, underneath it, if we really were free to be exactly who we wanted to be, without all the prop, uh, the pressures of society, we would actually be quite a different person. And that's been my journey, has been trying to, as much as I can, unlearn who I thought I had to be, and really learn who actually I really am. So you, I know you go to the gym still now, and you probably went before that that age for your own, for others gratification and you were doing it because that's what you thought society wanted you to look like but you probably go to the gym now because you want to feel good and you do it as well because it's uh, you know mental meditation as well as physical med meditation going to the gym right yeah for sure it's it's it's, a, it's an interesting one isn't it because um i do still wonder i'm like what you know am i am i am i doing this for the right reasons is this, is this an ego play am i just trying to you know get more violation here and all that and may, like maybe, I don't know, maybe that is part of it. I don't know. It's hard to, 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 to distinguish, but I definitely know what it brings me so much good. So like if it boosts my ego as well, but it fundamentally first and foremost works out for me as a person and my relationship with myself and I feel healthy and I feel challenged and I get, you know, I get, I get so much creativity when I exercise. You know, suddenly my mind is clear. You know, you're not, you're very present where you are when you're exercising and with that new ideas come in, I find, and I, so like, there's so many benefits, but fundamentally, yeah, it's about like living in a healthy way that 
I feel is in tune with my values um, for me personally. Does that come hand in hand with, I don't know, maybe what you eat? Yeah. Are, you, are you spending a lot of time just focusing on isolating different parts of your life and trying to improve each part of it? So, you know, the gym and you focusing on doing specific parts of that that make you feel good your mental training i don't know what will come on to what maybe what you do specifically in terms of meditation and opening up to other people on, on social media that's another aspect of it and then the, the food aspect of it so is it all trying to pair everything up to have like this synergy and and an equilibrium between everything it is really yeah i think there's loads of different ways that we can improve ourselves as a person and I, I basically sort of try and distinguish between, I've, I've got this philosophy that I try and live by that says don't sacrifice what you want most for what you want now. And like what I want most is kind of within, like is, is like my deepest values, what I really want as a person. And that is kind of authentic self-expression of who I truly am. That's kind of freedom, right? When you feel like you can be in flow. That's who I really, that's there like an example of my deepest values. What I want right now is I'd love to have some ice cream for, for, for breakfast, uh, <laughs> probably have another little nap, maybe whack on the TV, uh, you know, do all that kind of stuff because um, it feels nice in that moment. But it doesn't make me feel at the end of the day, if I live that way, I don't feel proud of myself when I go to bed. And that, that's, we're talking about the relationship you have with yourself now. We talked about self-love before. If, if I'm constantly doing what I want now, I'm not loving myself i'm not in tune with my deepest values so everything i try and do now is about serving myself in the best way so that i can be the best version of myself and yeah i see if i'm honest like people a lot of, a lot of people would kind of call me boring and all this kind of stuff but food for me is a fuel it's like the fuel that it's the petrol you put in the car it's yeah. how i operate um so i generally i'm not really one for like i'm not bothered really about foods that taste nice i want food that, that serves me well i love a treat every now and then i definitely do what is your treat I mean, I always I have dark chocolate every day. Every but that day. is that that's the best kind of chocolate. Totally, yeah. So it's like you know, it's like it's finding hacks, it's finding ways that kind of perhaps you need a treat, but um, uh, it, you know, it's it's not too bad a treat, perhaps. But like I said, you know, I do love ice cream, and like maybe like once a month I'll eat way too much ice cream. Um, like I love like 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 sweet. I mean, I love sweets and stuff, but I just know that if I eat too many of them. It's not serving me, but I have them as a little treat here and there, like, you know? Uh, Almost as a reward, I suppose. But I I don't want to call it that. But also, just picking up on something that you said there, you have, everyone has their own big journey and what they explore throughout their lives, but it almost sounds like your day-to-day life, each day is a different journey and you treat it as such. Is that, would I be correct in saying that? Yeah, it's just like one ongoing journey. Like it's constant. Like like self love. I, I don't see why I should switch off self love. Like, you know, I want to. I want to be the best version of, of myself. Like there is balance. Like don't get me wrong. Like I think I. I have, I speak to a lot of people who talk about the 80-20 rule. You know, it's like 80%, but 20%, like, just screw it and play. You know, I'm not try- I'm not seeking perfection. There is no perfection. So, like, 20% of the time, maybe, you know, you have a bit of a cheat day or, you know, you, you like, miss a day of meditation or journaling or whatever your thing is. But the majority, as long as you are what you want to be, the majority of the time, you're setting that precedent. Um, and that's it. And, and, like, that for me is, is fun as well. Like, I enjoy that stuff. It's not mm. like it's... People say it's boring, but why is... Why is eating fast food fun and eating healthy food not fun? You know, it's like, go and live a bit. I'm like, I'm, I'm living all the time. I just, this food is what serves me. Also, it comes down to personal, not literally taste, because I don't want to talk about food, but as in literal personal taste, because yeah. there is no right or wrong. The only right or wrong comes from yourself 
and it doesn't come from what somebody else is telling you to be or do because that that comes from what society is shaping you to be and actually that's that's never right or wrong it's what you deem to be right or wrong yeah and we've all got different values so like health is a, is a value for me but for someone else it's, it's like it's they'll focus on other stuff like you know they they might be like having way more like laughter and jokes and it might be a constant game for them and that's great and that's what they love to do and that's their value and it doesn't matter to them they don't even think about the, the health aspect and that's that's how they operate you know and everyone's different so totally this is my that's this is how i'm shaped but what matters to me is me living in tune with who i am and, and so one of one of the things that you started to do in 2017 you had way you'd already started this journey um yourself but in 2017 you started your own blog online probably just on wordpress was it uh, um, yeah. called the naked professor yeah, yeah and you started this this blog where you started expressing your own vulnerabilities and talking about yourself why did you choose a blog well just write it it's just writing like it just seemed like an easy option it was free it was there you can just write and the internet you can just distribute stuff easily now right so it just felt like something that i could own it was mine because I was, I was working in a, in a tech startup at the time. What I set up a tech startup and I felt very out of control on that. I felt very dependent on so many other people. So here was my avenue that I could just write what was it within me on a platform that I could control. So I'm just going to, I'm going to do that. And, um, yeah, it just, it just, it just felt right. I wanted to, I wanted to share. And like, it was a pretty vulnerable act if I'm honest. Like, you know, I wasn't sure what my family would make of it. There was some interesting aspects to it. Um, so, like, yeah, I didn't know, but I just knew it felt right for me. Did you have any dialogue with, for example, your family or friends before you started it? Or was it actually an internal act where you said, do you know what? I don't want to think about what anyone else thinks of this. I'm going to do it for myself. It is online. Therefore, anyone in the world is able to read this. And you didn't put any privacy on it, did you? Yeah. So anyone was able to read it. But so did you have any communications with anybody before you started it? Or was it a very much an internal decision? I, I did. I spent like a, like a year or six months like prepping it, like writing loads in advance. I wrote loads of blogs in advance. I got loads of images that go with the, 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 the writing in advance. And like I did so much. And then to the point where it's like, right, it's ready to launch now. And then I said to my mum, mum, listen, you know, I've been, I'd sort of loosely said to her mum, I'm doing some writing and kind of expressing like the coach, like, a lot of the coaching that I've learned and who I am and all this kind of stuff. And um, I'm going to give that, I just want to express that. And um, so she kind of knew it was coming. And then I was like, mum, you know, I'm doing this kind of blog and I'm, I'm writing about this kind of stuff. Or just so you know, it's going to be out like next week and this is what it's going to entail. Just just so you know, I don't want you to be shocked. And I remember at that point, I remember on Brighton Seafront and I remember thinking like, I really hope she's okay with this because if she's not, my life's going to get way more complicated because this is happening. Like I've put so much into this, I want to express myself. If she's not okay on it, then we've just, we've got a problem. And um, I remember she just looked at like some of the, as you all know, some of the images are quite kind of quite pretty out there. They're quite quirky. Yeah. Let's say. Yeah. And um, they, they match the name of the, of the blog, The Naked Professor. And, um, and yeah, like I remember showing her and she sort of took off, like in fact, she put on her glasses and looking at like these pictures. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. She goes, um, Ben, are you naked? I was like, I love that she had to put the glasses on to double check. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, God, I was like, oh God. Um, and she looks and she goes, God, I think it's wonderful. What, what, oh. a, um, 
what a way to express it. Like, she, she knew it was kind of, the whole naked aspect is very much about showing up emotionally and, and being raw and bearing your soul and like stripping away the masks that I talked about before and like letting people see all of you, you know, not hiding anything away. So there is kind of method behind the madness of the, these images, but um, it ties in and mum kind of got that. And I was like, this is why I'm, I'm doing it. She's like, I think it's really creative and I think that the images are, are, are really professional and all and kind of, and so I was like, thank god for that like she was like let's not tell dad about it just yet you know let's let's and i was like that's fine so interesting how important is that relationship with family then because it almost seems like you you were double checking with your mum about what you were about to put out was that because obviously it's because of your deep care for your family but what if what if the reaction had been the other way around would you still have gone ahead with it I knew I wasn't doing anything bad like I knew it came from a good place like it, it, it really did and um, so I, my integrity was in place. And if they didn't initially kind of like it or whatever, I, I, that was their thing for me because I wasn't doing anything wrong. I wasn't hurting anyone. No, not at all. Um, in, fa- in fact, it was really, it was very suitable time. And there was a lot of, you know, so much press about male suicide and men needing to talk more and stuff like this that maybe if I tried to do it five years ago, it'd be like, I just don't get what the hell you're doing. It's really just very strange, Ben. But at this point, it's kind of like, okay. So I just had that faith that I was on. I was really in my heart. I knew this was the right thing. And if they didn't like it, ugh, like, we'll just figure it out. Like, I, my integrity is in place. But the one big thing with it all is that, um, uh, like, they might not, like, I just, I just had to see it out, basically. They might not get it. I didn't need them to get it immediately. I just needed them to know where I was coming from. And in time, like, I, I just believed that they would see what I'm trying to do and the good and where it could go. And they would, and like, sure enough, like, within like, you know, initially, mum was a bit like, okay, like, kind of she's fine and supportive. She didn't really kind of, but within a year, she'd come, I, I got asked to do some speaking at this point and stuff off the back of the blog. And mum was coming to some of my talks and was kind of, you know, the proudest mum in the room, sort of sitting there. And it's like, okay, this is, you know, this is right, you know, and yeah. I, I almost think that it sounds like they thought it might have been a phase. Yeah. Um, potentially at first and actually then you they realized that potentially it was actually a new journey for you and even for them to experience and join join the journey what about just reverting back to being coming up in that that male dominant household i know i know one of your brothers um but what what did they what did they did you speak to them or wait till it came out think like very loosely sort of spoke to them sort of I, in fact my oldest brother lives in australia i don't think he sort of really knows anything about really now to this day honestly he just sort of gets on with his own life so i don't really know what he knows i don't really know what my dad knows to be honest with you um uh my other brother who you know um kind of knows about it and i think kind of each day maybe i think he might be softening and softening i don't really know we don't really speak about it because it's kind of quite foreign to him but each day mental health is discussed more and more and i think he perhaps thinks you know maybe not totally my bag but i know there's some good behind it um so yeah i i i don't know like i still feel as the younger brother youngest brother that i still feel like they feel like they need to lead as my older brothers they need they should be showing me and if their younger brother's interested in this then this isn't a path that they follow because they need to be the leaders and i kind of that maybe that's my own thing going on but that's kind of what i feel so I feel like they're a little bit hesitant about my journey because they're not on that path and they don't want to follow their younger brother into it. Sure. No, that does make sense. I think maybe 
from from the brother one of the brothers that I I do know he is you know he's he's in mighty good shape of course and and you know he he maybe does lead by a different um certainly probably leads a different life to you in terms of what journey he's on but he probably understands that the word masculinity different to you considering what you bear and what you open up it's probably not my place to talk about family dynamic and whatnot <laughs> of course but no it's fine and like like this is the big thing for me is that you know i really um everyone does have their own journey and i don't blame anyone for the journey that they're on you know i know that we're all so much of us are a product of the environment we grew up in and that's where we end up so i'm not i'm never i'm very respectful of where everyone's at and understand that you know i'm on my journey because of so many different cocktails of things like i can't expect everyone else to see it the same way as me you know so yeah that's an important part for me you can get kind of quite i guess this is a sort of spiritual journey you can get kind of quite egotistical about being spiritual and then when you know everyone else should know and you need to force it and become a preacher and all this and that's really not what i'm about it's mine is for me and i share what i share for anyone who it resonates with and if they don't i don't blame them i'm not saying they're wrong or they're doing it you know wrong they're just doing it different and that's their path and everyone's allowed that difference allowed that yeah absolutely so with your with your blog the naked professor as you said it comes it came from this photo of you bearing all for everyone to see what was that first you say obviously you must have taken that photo before you'd come up with the concept right and then you were probably flicking through your phone photos and whatever and what made you realize that actually the naked professor perfect you've talked about you know it's about stripping back the masks did you have that that epiphany and you saw it and you were like this is going to work this is exactly what i want to express yeah totally it's so weird um probably sat at this table where we sat at now just kind of thinking i know what i'm trying to write about here i know what i want to share but there's got to be some kind of hook there's got to be some kind of something that takes people into this writing because everyone's sharing a message online at the moment everyone's got something to say what why mine why is mine interesting and um yeah that that picture i i was with a friend in yosemite I and mean, it was probably kind of like lads 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 you know having a bit of a laugh taking her clothes off in this beautiful valley and kind of it was all kind of a bit of a joke and there was no there was no meaning behind it you know it was just having a laugh but yeah i just when I saw that picture, I kind of maybe I was looking for some kind of inspiration or I was open-minded and I saw that picture and I just thought, you know what, that picture actually represents so much of what I write about and it captures attention, it captures people's imagination. It, like people noticed that picture. You know, when I posted that on my own private Instagram page years ago, that got way more engagement or people talking than, you know, what, have a breakfast or me walking to the shops or whatever it was, your usual stuff. So I was like... There's something in that that's a hook and it represents my message. So let's just piece this together. And next thing I know, like I'm going on this crazy journey, just trying to repeat that picture in central London, thinking, what the <laughs> hell has my life come to? Um, yeah, so as you just said there, you started to bear all in London and you yeah. started in bringing it over. Um, well, you started doing, the, doing some of the photography over here. But that, that journey from starting the blog to... Fast forwarding a little bit to your podcast, what was that? What was that um, timing between starting that to obviously you met Matt on a plane, on flying out to Ibiza? But what was that timeline? Yeah, so strange. It was all kind of seamless. Everything happened at the right time. So I think I, I probably my blog was maybe like three months in. So it just sort of got up and running, and then it kind of just just something. It was something there. It was it was not established, but you know it was, it was going and. Um, and then I had a wedding in Ibiza and um, 
sat on the plane and, and it was only two seats on one of the aisles and it was just happened to be me and Matt and I remember sitting there and kind of we were just chit-chatting generally never spoken to each other before but going to the same wedding so we had a common purpose ah okay yeah, this yeah. makes sense yeah so we were just sort of chatting generally and um and I it was a real like do I say that I'm doing my blog is it like are we talking about this or not like it's a bit kind of taken the wrong way it could like completely like blow our this conversation very in a strange direction if he doesn't get it and I just felt inclined. I just said, yeah, well, funny enough, like he said, what do you do? And I said, well, working on this tech company, but this is my real passion and this is what I'm doing. And told him, he's like, oh, well, you know, I'm a mental health ambassador for mine. Like, this is my passion. This is what matters so much to me too. And suddenly we had this conversation that opened up. And then when we got back, I said, Matt, I really want to start a podcast. Um, would you mind if I interviewed you and interviewed him? And then kind of we were chatting sort of ongoing after generally about our passions in this space. He was like, Ben, I, I really want to get into and do more of this stuff. And I was like, well, do you know what? I think we can talk about this all day long. You know, we can all, everyone always have talk, chats about collaborations. Unless we actually figure out something now, like it's never going to happen. So I've got an idea. Why don't we do a podcast together? And then next week we had a meeting with a production company. And then soon after that, the podcast was up and running. One thing just, led to another. Yeah. What was the, what was the air date of that? The f- your first Naked Professor podcast. I need to. I can't remember myself. No, I, I was looking last night. <laughs> I reckon it was about a year and a half ago. So yeah. I reckon it was the end of where we t- end of two thousand eighteen. I'm sure it was. Yeah, it's end of towards the end of two thousand eighteen. Yeah, yeah. What were your first thoughts with the blog? First of all, what were you intending for that to happen? Because you said you were still working at the tech startup. What did you want? Did you want that to become your full-time career and journey, despite it just being a passion at the time? Like I had a, a wild vision that I was like, listen, if I could do this really well and I put my heart and soul into it, I just wonder if maybe at some point I can write a book. That was all I kind of had, but I was like, the rest of it will just be what it is. But I just thought if I show up authentically and vulnerably, maybe something like a book will come out of it. Who knows? But just every day I was working on it and... and I just knew this was my passion. I could feel like how light and easy it felt to be writing about this stuff and sharing about this stuff, how heavy and draining it was working on the tech company each day. It just got more and more and more. And I was like, do you know, it's reaching a point where I really, I can't give anything more to this tech company. Like it's, I don't have any energy to, to give to it. And all I want to do is focus on this blog. So like, I don't know where it's going but I can feel it's something for me and it's my purpose, really. And as we talked about there, timing is a magnificent thing and you met Matt and then, of course, the podcast came out. Did you... Obviously, Matt is somewhat in the public eye for his other experiences and what, what else he does in his life. But he, again, his passions lie in, in mental health as well. That immediately probably thrusted the naked professors up, up and up and up and your audience started to grow. And what, so what's your, what's your main demographic and how have you seen the people reaching out? What's the kind of the individual or groups of people that, that come to you to listen and but also engage in conversation with you? I don't know, to be honest with you. I really don't know. <laughs> um, it's just like it's for anyone who's interested in, in kind of learning a bit more about why they are, how they are and just having open conversations and it making it okay to talk and being okay to not be okay, which is the cliche, you know, and you know, we live in a world that's constantly saying we need to be happy and suddenly here are two guys and guests saying, 
even like celebrities, high profile celebrities saying like, you know, it's all here on paper, but actually this is the truth. Like I struggle with this and this is a challenge and like, it's not all perfect and this is what's going on. Suddenly, like it just makes it all a bit more normal and a bit more relatable and the average person at home thinking, you know, God, I'm down in the dumps. Everyone else seems to be happy all the time. Actually, you're not on your own, like, and you can get out of it and you can move forward and it's okay. And we can talk about this stuff. And we all know that when you do talk about stuff, it gets, it gets lighter you know, suddenly it's not wrapped in shame, stuck inside your body, kind of eating you up. Suddenly you're not you're not so judged anymore because it's out there, isn't it? When you own your flaws, no one can hold them against you. So it was just, it's just a space for anyone who just wants to have a, a light-hearted listen about mental health and who you are and why you are and how you feel. You do find as well, particularly like when you speak to somebody that you probably don't necessarily know quite often the people that do come on to your podcast and mine also I don't I don't know them necessarily but I know that maybe one time they've talked about something and you want to d- dive in a little bit deeper what's it like when they actually start to open up with you because as you say you like to have the face to face conversation and then they start to express their vulnerabilities and really show the kind of the rawness of of who they are and what they actually feel what's that like what's that experience like in the room powerful like powerful like just sit like having spent 30 years of not going beneath the surface but probably desperately wanting to you know as I said having that kind of compassionate side to me that I didn't feel I could express as a man burying that to now be in a space where I get to sit in these rooms and have these conversations where people just really let me see them by really showing their their truth like the, the vulnerable stuff that they wouldn't talk about generally this is like this is connection for me and and i've i've learned what connection can give you and how it can make you feel it, it makes my makes me come alive inside it makes me feel Brandy brown says connection is about fe- feeling seen heard and valued and it's like in that room we all feel seen heard and valued we all sit and we listen to each other and we share what's inside of us and we value it and so often in society we don't that that's rare like everyone's kind of trying to shout their own victories or they're not really listening they're on their phones you're talking like you're not seen you don't share like your truth you're wearing a mask like there's all this hiding and that blocks connection thank you so much to ben for that first part of this episode of headstrong join us on part two where we carry on this fantastic conversation ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.